1: Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Oilers
2: Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, service for all brands of print equipment in your office. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
0: 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer in Ice District at Rogers Place. Battle of Alberta. The Flames with 15 of their 18 expected starters at the start of the year in the lineup. The Oilers with uh, 17 of their 18 number one goalie for Calgary, Jacob Markstrom, against Miko Koskinen. Tomorrow, Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the Horses in Horse Racing Alberta. Live Thurban Racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino post-time 6.15. Remember, you can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com. And Horse Racing Alberta also sponsors a segment in calgary on 960 uh, radio and that is with eric francis who like mark Spector, he's the calgary version of mark Spector. so we welcome back to the show and 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 eric we got i we just had brian trotje on and i mentioned that we got the hall of famer brian trotje and i said and then we've got a guy that has to pay to get into the hall of fame that would be you but that would also be me uh welcome back to winners now how you doing
1: funny you say that because I was at the Hall of Fame this summer and indeed I paid no, no media discount, nothing, not a chance. I'll be always paying to get in there, unlike some of my uh, colleagues, luminaries. Uh, but uh, no, Speck, and I, I shouldn't speak for Speck, but I'm definitely
0: not going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know what, as an Oilers Entertainment Group employee, I'd rather see the Oilers win to get into the Hall of Fame on a personal level. For me, it's just kind of how I roll. Like I, I'm not, you know what, some guys cheer for the story, but when you work for the club, you're cheering for your organization. That said, you still gotta have uh, some form of critical analysis. Uh, you have a little bit more latitude uh, in your role as sports, and so I'm gonna. I have my thoughts on the Flames. I think they're going to be a playoff team this year, but I'd like to get your assessment on what you're seeing right now and what the market's feeling right now, the confidence level of Calgary.
2: I don't
1: think the confidence level is that high in this city. I mean, you know, people are excited for a new year of hockey and obviously the ability to have people in the stands. That's exciting. Uh, I, and, 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 hey, I, I think this team will be right there for a playoff challenge, too. I, you know, I think them and Vancouver are going to battle it out for that third spot in the division. But, <clears throat> you know, people really had a hard time this summer getting over the fact that, you know, even though the general manager, you know, stated that he, he thought change was needed for this team, and everyone read that to mean, you know, okay, significant changes of the core have to be made. He went out and tried to make them. He couldn't. And in his words... I'm not trading players at $0.50 on the dollar. And that's where this franchise is right now. Most of its core players are worth $0.50 on the dollar on the open market, and a lot of them have to prove that they're worth a whole lot more than that uh, moving forward, whether they want a new contract, whether they want to be traded, or whether they just want to stay in Calgary and make more money there. Either way, it's very much a prove-me year. Uh, And we've seen this movie before in Calgary. It's the same core and every year they say this year will be different, and every every year it's not. So I'm not sure why anyone believes it'll be any different. Other than, and when I say different, meaning this team's biggest goal will be just to get into the playoffs, and uh, that's where this team's goal has been for three decades, really, just getting to the playoffs and see what
0: happens. All tomorrow. right. Well, I have a theory on why maybe Calgary can surprise some people, and uh, and you know I'm not one. I I'm a battle <laughs> for Alberta guy. I'd rather. I'd rather see you know Edmonton, Calgary, and all three of those teams in the playoffs in the Pacific, uh, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. But I'm looking at Jacob Markstrom, and the guy who went 9-12, 9-12, 9-18, three years with Canucks. He was at 9-04 last year. He's going to have a better team. Daryl Sutter's coaching style makes it more difficult to score. Uh, the Flames might be challenged a bit offensively themselves, but I think they're going to be a far better defensive team and play with greater structure and process. Does that make sense to you? yeah yeah
1: all that makes sense and you know i agree that they may have trouble scoring goals but with the addition of blake coleman i think now the, the the one thing you have to say about the flames offense is that everybody is perfectly slotted now you know like the top six guys can all they're all 20 to 25 goal scorers in the nhl they've either done it or been on base to do it uh coleman was on pace to score 30 before he got traded to tampa bay Uh, So those guys, you know, we know they can all score goals. If if Monaghan can bounce back, if Gaudreau can bounce back, if Kachuk can bounce back, you see a theme here? (laughs) You know, if Coleman could, you know, be offensive as well as defensive. And then even guys like Lucic, who, you know, Edmontonians are very familiar with. He's where he belongs now, you know, on that fourth line. Um, And he was a very effective third liner last year, too, don't get me wrong. But everyone is where they need to be. No one's playing, trying to punch above their weight. So. I think they can score goals. I think they'll be limited, though, by the system that Daryl Sutter's going to employ.
0: But do you think they'll play better, to, like they'll lower the goals against? So. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think you have the goaltender for that exact system, you know. Uh, you know, they will play, you know, they did tighten up by almost a goal last year after Daryl Sutter got here. But you got to remember that there's there's some massive shoes to fill here in Calgary with the departure of Mark Giordano. There are still... A lot of question marks as to who the top six are going to be, who the top four are going to be. Um, You know, the biggest storylines in camp in Calgary are all on the blue line. And and so they they need to get the right personnel. And they're they're going to be growing pains because they're going to have to go with one or two young guys in important roles for their defensive court.
0: Are we seeing a hint to it tonight? Hannafin's with Anderson and uh, Zadorov's with Tanev. Could that be the top four?
1: I think it will be. Um, I think that's exactly the way it's going to be. I, I think that Sutter will probably um, move it around, you know, because Tanev is their best defender. The the thinking being that Zadorov has still got some, a lot of question marks about him. Can he be a, a, a shut-down defenseman who doesn't make glaring mistakes? That's always been the knock on him. He makes some bad decisions. Tanev can help cover that up because he's so good defensively. Um, but then again, if he's your best defenseman, uh, do you want him on the second pairing with Zadorov, or do you want him on the top pairing with Hannifin? Lots of question marks, but those are the top four for sure in Calgary. After that, throw them all into the into the blender and try to figure out who's going to play. Shillington has been the story of camp. He was kind of the forgotten man in Calgary for many years, and he's having a hell of a camp. Sounds like Daryl Sutter really wants to see this guy make the team, and, and that would be a shocker because last year at this time they had him on waivers, and I think everyone thought he was gone. So, you know, like Balamaki, uh, Connor Mackey, these are names that may not be too familiar to Oilers fans like Connor Mackey, but, um, you know, they're right in the mix there for for that uh, third pairing with Good Branson.
0: Eric, who becomes the captain with Giordano gone? No one.
1: Uh, I, I, I have a theory, Bob, I don't know what your thoughts are, but to me... If you don't, if someone says who should be the next captain, and you don't have a name that comes immediately to mind, then you don't know who your next captain is. In this city, people are debating, and it's amongst four or five or six people. Wow. To me, that tells me you're not ready to make that decision. Uh, I think they should sit on it. I think they will sit on it. Um, they might even go a whole year. The last time the planes went a whole year without naming a captain, the next year they named Joe Newandike, so they got it right. Um, I, I don't think you need a captain. Uh, and, and and I don't I don't no one jumps to mind. The, 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 the de facto guy would probably be Tanen, but I'm not sure he's the guy that wants to be in front of the microphones after every loss. I'm not sure he's way well, you want him to be the face of your franchise. I don't know what your thoughts are.
0: Well, what about Kachuk?
1: You know, if Kachuk had a long term deal in his pocket, he would he would be named. He would have already been named the captain. But there because. You go. He's got one more year left on his contract. He's got this year. Next year, he'll probably just accept his qualifying offer at $9 million. And then he's a free agent, open to the open market. And, and, hey, Matthew himself said it a couple weeks ago, we're chucks. We drive hard bargains. I would be pretty surprised if he didn't entertain the the unrestricted free agent market in two years. And I don't think you want to name a captain who may just walk in two
0: years. When I watched the Flames play, especially, it was evident during the 2020 bubble, the guy that's the lifeblood of the team up front is Kachuk. Like, I know Giordano was the leader on defense, but like to me, Kachuk, everything that is in the guts of the game is around, and, and as much as I was... Frustrated with him, uh, you know, three years ago. The truth of the matter is, for the last year and a half, he's been he's been fighting a lot. You know, I don't know if somebody is it possible somebody said something like, "Look, if you're going to stir up this much crap on the ice, once in a while, you're going to have to dust them off yourself. You can't just, you know what I mean? Did, did that? Do you think that possibly <laughs> occurred at Calgary, or did he just grow more? Because he started fighting way more.
1: Well, I remember throwing a stat out there since since the whole turtle gate or whatever you want to call it, um, he's fought something like eight or nine times and and fought once, I think. And, and hey, Cass was hurt. And, and I'm not trying to throw shade at and I like the hockey player that he is too. I'm just saying, yes, you're probably right. I, from the discussions I've had from people, and again, with the bubble and COVID, you know, we haven't been in the room to get the real scuttlebutt on a lot of things of late. But, you know, it's my understanding from some people I spoke, spoke to in your organization, it was 100% Matthew Kachuk's idea to fight Cassian. And he just said, I need to do this. Like, no one needs to tell me to do this. I need to do this. People in the organization were telling him, you don't need to fight Zach Cassian and don't do it. Let somebody else do that stuff. And he said, no, I'm doing it. So he can hold his own. You know, he's not going to beat Sad Cassian in a fight. But, you know, I think everyone in Edmonton even had to give him at least the tip of a cap for for answering the bell when he did that second game. You're damn right. And I thought that was great. But we didn't see the fight in Matthew Kachuk last year. After that little puck-flipping incident with Jake Muzzin, um, you know, at the tail end of a game, he went bananas. Nobody else on his team kind of saw it happen, so they didn't come to his rescue. And he lost his mind after that. And to be honest, from that point on, he didn't have a very good season last year. And he was very quiet after the whistle. And I think they took a lot of the fight out of him because they figured, if I'm in this alone, you know, what's the point? So I think they added a whole lot more toughness in the offseason to help Matthew Kachuk, not just because of him, but with Goodbranson and Zodorov. There's a lot of guys who are going to answer the bell if anyone well, with anybody.
0: That's where so I was going to go next. This is, I mean, we know how Daryl coached, right? And and the thing that he didn't get credit for, and the, a lot of the analytics guys don't like tough guys. I get that. But especially one-dimensional tough guys. But the reality is the way Setter coached, he coached a puck possession game with the Kings. Like, you could see it towards the back half of the 11-12 season where that team was going to go. Uh and yeah, and you know, obviously, by the time they want to get in twelve, fourteen, and and Chicago was really good back then, more as well. Or L.A. might have won more. But take, I mean, when when you're when you signed Branson to be a third pairing guy, Zadorov to be a top four guy, so it's a lot of size added on the back end. Anderson is not a shrinking violet. He plays with an edge out on the ice, and then you've got Luch, who's still top five in the league. Richie, who never has really pushed the envelope too much with what he can do, and then you got a guy like Kachuk who start, you know, can start things and be a fire. This is a tough team, and I think that's one of the concerns the fans here in Edmonton have: is do the Oilers have the wherewithal? Like, you know, fans like Eric, you can't have, with all due respect to Milan Lucic at this stage, you can't have Darnell Nurse fighting Milan Lucic. Like, Darnell plays twenty-five minutes a game; Milan plays ten. The Flames clearly have an identity here. Would you not agree? Oh yeah, and I remember when Daryl
1: first came here. God, I'm old. I've been covering all this stuff, but uh, when he first came here, he kept talking about identity, identity. We don't have an identity, and I always thought it was just like hockey speak. I don't remember, but then I got it. I got it. And they they wrote an identity to the to the Cup final in 4 And and the identity was this. You may come into our building and steal a point or two, the odd time, but you're going to leave with a ton of bruises. You're going to leave with black eyes, cuts in your face. Like, we're going to make life hell for you. And I think he wants to get back to that. The big question, Stop, is does that work in today's world? In today's hockey world, you know, that's the big question. This team got tougher and this team got bigger, but it also got older and slower at a time when the rest of the NHL is getting younger and faster. So it'll be fascinating to see if if that old guard can still find its way in today's new world of the NHL. That, that to me, is something I'll be watching for more than anything else. But, I, you know, to your point, that first game of the season in Edmonton and how great it is for the NHL to have that first game between these two teams. Yeah. You know, if I'm Calgary – I'm just saying go out there and just hit everything that moves and let's try to intimidate these guys and get them to play, you know, like a slugs game. Now, if I'm Edmonton, I'm saying avoid all that. Yeah, play physical, but don't let them draw you in. You know, the two styles are going to be going head-to-head. It'll be fascinating to see.
0: What's the perception down south of the Oilers this year? Where do fans see, you know, the NHL fans in Calgary? How do they see Edmonton?
1: Oh, scary. Like, I think people in this city are scared, right? I mean, they're, they're, they see how... You know, the addition of Zach Hyman, just another key piece that teams, that's a guy who can win some playoff series with. I I know he didn't do it in Toronto, but he seems to me and to everyone, I think the kind of guy you'd want on your side. And I know the Flames dearly wanted to add him too, And uh, the Oilers got him. That's going to be a scary top top line, top six. Um, You know, obviously the questions here, everyone kind of still – laughs about the goaltending, and hey, the Oilers goaltending proved everybody wrong last year, so uh, that's still a question mark, obviously, at Edmonton, but people here see it, yeah, of course it is, and and people here say that's a damn good team, they're probably right in there now where it's not just about making the playoffs, obviously they are, it's about how far can they go in the playoffs, because you got a lot of the ingredients that a team can, can really use to go far, so people here are terrified, and Matthew Kachuk was saying just last week about how we got to get off to a good start. The Flames have a long history of being terrible starting teams. And to start in Edmonton is just the biggest nightmare for the organization. And, uh, and that's what people are feared. The, the people are terrified of that opening night that could be a 7-1 beatdown and really set a bad tone for this season.
0: Well, uh, we'll have to see what happens. Eric, thank you for your time. We'll touch base down the road. Thanks, stop. Always good catch, up, my man. Uh, you bet. From NHL hockey and Rogers. Uh, that is Eric Franson. Francis. Cody Fra- Eric Franson. Wow, we uh, we got Gabranson, we got Eric Francis. Oh wow. Uh yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Uh one forty nine it evited. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott with you. Hey, it happens. Uh Bob, it's time to bring Big Mac from Brock, Saskatchewan, out of retirement. Uh, this texter comes in flames only when if they injure their opponents. Again, you can text us. Uh, <laughs> well, we let's just say it's it's interesting, interesting perspectives. Jody says, hey, Bob, I'm not concerned about having enough toughness in the lineup, but I am concerned on how the refs are going to manage the games. If they ref the games the way they should be, no problems. Well, you can say that's, that's how you counter a tough team is you have a good power play. But the refs got to call the penalties. The cross-checking calls. Like, when you watch guys like Branson to a lesser extent Tanev, because he's got real good body positioning out on the ice, even Anderson plays with a bit. Like, how many cross-checking calls are going to be called? That's, I mean, Zdorov got one in the first shift of the game where Edmonton outshot Calgary 49-15, where the Flames had their third and fourth lines going, and Edmonton had one line of NHLers going. And that was a, a bottom six line. So, um I'll be intrigued to see what happens. Well, one guy, just, Brendan, I think we have time. Yes, we do. A guy that is of interest, he's not playing tonight, but a guy that many people think needs to play is Ryan McLeod. And Dave Tippett was asked about his progression and growth today.
2: In the role, sometimes it... Now, McLeod's a young player. I think he's still... He's not at the point where his confidence... You know, he hasn't got a lot of points in the NHL yet. Sure, as more a veteran player, understands what his what the role um, entails a little bit. And not that McLeod doesn't understand the role; he understands it, but he's still learning it. So McLeod has been uh, like you watch him play. There's some things that you like. Positionally, he's really sound. Skates well. Um, holds the puck a little bit, but then there's that there's that next little phase of probably like you say, executing and getting something done. And it's it's sometimes hard in that role because you're down there, you're you're asked to play a role that's a real secure role. So you can't you, know, you can't take a lot of chances and you gotta be solid in everything you do positionally and sound. But that being said, there's times when you can be too uh, cautious. So uh, the ability to find that balance is something that that player in that role has to find. And Shore, Shore, I think that was Shore's last year, that was his kind of a mantra. He wanted, you know, he came in, he was didn't have a job, and was playing for a job, and he's he was just trying to do do what he does exactly right. But then it, are you doing enough? and that's where McLeod's a young player come in he's trying to be real solid positionally sound but now he's got to find that next element to to take his game to another level add some and I'm not saying add risk into it but add something where your confidence you can make plays under pressure or make a good play that that makes a difference in the game so both players in the same role you know there's not In that role, there's a certain kind of style we're looking for, and both of them fit the role.
0: All right, there is uh, Dave Tippett. Maybe they're both in the lineup then once the Oilers get down. I mean, tonight again, very quickly, uh, McDavid with Hyman and Dry Settle, Drysaddle, H and Yamamoto. Our, uh, Derek Ryan with Fogel and Cassian. Shore with Perlini and Terris. They played a lot together in preseason. That means that uh, the following uh, three forwards, Tyler Benson, Ryan McLeod, and Colton Seaver, who's in on a PTO, are out. And we were talking about McLeod. Maybe McLeod and Shore can both be in the lineup. That's what I'd probably do. Nurse and Barry, Keith and CeCe Cuckoo. When Bouchard, Miko Koskinen starts in goal. Will face Jacob marks Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton-owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations, go online at RoyalPizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. To list day in orders history. And in 1991, this day sucked. Here's Brendan Escott. And yeah, the Oilers traded Captain Mark Messier to the New York Rangers for Stephen Rice, Bernie Pumper-Nichols, and our regular Thursday contributor, uh, then 20-year-old Louis DeBrusque. Nichols put up 85 points in 95 games across two seasons here in Edmonton before the Oilers flipped into New Jersey a couple years later. DeBrusque registered 797 penalty minutes in Oilers' colors over six seasons. And Mark Messier went to the New York Rangers. That was a hard, hard day. Nichols part of a, part of a very good playoff line in 1991-92. The pipeline with Joe Murphy and Vincent Domfus. Tonight, 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 uh, we will have uh, the face-off show from 5.30 here at Rogers Place. Buck drop at 7 o'clock. Cam Moon, of course, Jack Michaels, uh, the two radio play-by-play voices. Cam's got the call tonight. The game will also be available on EdmontonOwners.com. Reed Wilkins and Rob Brown, part of the Otters radio network as well. Tomorrow, Sportsnet Spec, Mark Specter we mentioned, for Horse Racing Alberta, live thoroughbred racing uh, Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino, post-time 6.15, Remember, you can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Up next, global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then 6.30, Chad Afternoons with Jaylen Nye. Special thanks to the Hall of Famer, Brian Trotty, John Shannon, and Eric Francis for joining us on the Monday edition of Oilers Now. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad.